All right, let's get into the Word this morning. Open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, if you have them. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 4 through 7 together. And then we're going to get into things today. So in verse chapter 4, verse 4, we begin. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We'll pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you again, Lord, for everything that you're doing here to advance uh, our church and to advance your kingdom through our church. And we just give you full reign and permission this morning. We ask you to come and speak through me, God, and just to deliver your truth in a way that would impact people's lives. We're here to hear from you, God, and we just ask you to increase in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you this morning about living from a place of peace. Living, notice I say from a place of peace, right? And when I think about how we talk about raising up game changers here, and we look at game changers essentially as people who are really walking out their calling and their purpose that God has created them for in their lives, one of the things that I definitely see that a game changer does is they live from a place of peace, meaning all of us are going to go through trials and challenges and, and great difficulties in our lives. Some things are even tragic that we, that we have happen. Uh, so none of us are, are kind of uh, uh, circumventing that as we go through the, the life that God's prepared for us. But there is a big difference in going through trial and tribulation when you're doing it from a place of peace. How many people know somebody, or, or maybe you're even, you know, you can even say that you've been through a storm or a trial where you could literally say that, you know, hell's breaking loose around you, but really when you get down to it, it's, it's well with your soul, right? How many people, you know, you hear people say, well, how are you doing? And you know that things are just tearing at them and, and pain is hitting them from every side. But it, and deep down in, they can say, and, and it's a real place that they're in, that, you know, it, it's, it's difficult, it's challenging, but it's well with my soul, right? I know one of my great mentors and our senior pastor, Rick Shelton, you know, he's went through some really difficult things a number of years ago. And I asked him, I said, Pastor Rick, how are you doing? You know, are you doing okay? And he's like, well, I'll just say it like this. It is well with my soul. You know, and it just it just impacted me so much when he said that. And I'm like, you know what? That's that's where we all need to be. We need to be in a place where no matter what's happening, what kind of challenges are going on, we're able to deal with them and and, and there may be pain that's hitting us, but deep down inside we can say that it is well with my soul. I'm I'm living from a place of peace. So I would ask you today a question. I would say, what do you feel like peace is? What is peace to you? Is it a mindset? Is it a state of mind? 
Is it an emotion or is it maybe something more? What is peace as we see the Bible talk about the peace of God and living from a place of peace? What really is what really should that mean to us as we move out and walk forth in our lives? So I'm going to tell you a quick story. We uh, we have this dog. His name is Xander. And uh, he's, you know, like a lot of dogs, he's really, really smart in some ways. And then he's really, really dumb in other ways. Right. Um, Katie would say the same thing about me. But, you know, <laughs> and he's re- he's is anybody have a dog like that where it's like they're super smart in some ways. And then like they're just what are you? You're, you're, you're just dumb in other ways. Right. And so our dog, he loves to he's smart in the fact that he knows how to catch animals like he can catch squirrels it's crazy like he was chasing squirrels and he caught a couple of them and I was like holy cow he got them you know um but he he likes to go after skunks too and yeah yeah a lot of stuff with smelly things around our house. You remember the message Katie did about the raw sewage? It wasn't really raw sewage, by the way, just to clear that up. It was stagnant water. People were asking me, like, how did you have raw sewage? I'm like, no, it was stagnant water. But anyway, um, so he likes to go after skunks. And he got nailed one time when he was going after a skunk. So you think, oh, he's learned his lesson. I mean, he was like pawing at his face and all that stuff. But, uh, but he didn't learn his lesson. So one day, we're getting ready to head out, Katie and I and the kids, and we got all of our, you know, we're all dressed up to go wherever it was. I don't remember where we were headed. And, uh, and then here comes Xander running up as we're getting ready to head out and getting in the car. And you're just like, whoa! I mean, you could just tell he got nailed again, right? And it smelled like he must have just got hit within the last five minutes. And the smell is just like making its way. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And then the worst possible thing happens. The kids start petting him. Oh, Xander! Yeah, we're good. Bye-bye, buddy. And I'm like, oh, no. It's over. It's too late. So we get in the car. And the kids get in the car thought about not letting him in, but they got in and then they decided to take him with us. And the smell was just constant. It just stayed there. So then literally, JJ, for weeks after that, every time, I mean, you, you know, you come out of the house, everything's fine. You don't think about anything. And then you get in the car and you're like, whoa, there it is again, you know, because the smell of the skunk had made its way inside of the car. It would have been nice if we could have kept the smell on the outside of the car at the very least because it would have went away quickly. But once it made its way inside the vehicle and it tainted the seats and everything and it got all there, it took forever before it finally went away. Why do I tell you that story? So, One of the things that we have to realize when we talk about living from a place of peace is we have to realize that God is not, even though he's saying that he's going to give us his peace, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, he's not saying that we're going to live a life void of storms, chaos, 
and really hell breaking loose around us at different points and in different seasons of our lives. But here's what we have to recognize, is that the enemy, what he wants more than anything else, is he wants the storm, he wants the trial to make its way from the outside to the inside of us in our lives. He wants to bring the storm inside of you and not just keep it on the outside of you. Does that make sense? So when we say we live from a place of peace, we could say that there are storms and chaos and trials breaking loose around us, but in our soul, in our spirit, we are at a place of peace with God. But the enemy, he doesn't want that. He wants to disrupt that. He wants to unravel that. He wants to break that down. He wants to create chaos in our spirit man so that he's literally destructive in the innermost, deepest part of us, the place where our relationship with God is fellowshipping, our spirit and God's spirit. He wants to take the storm and he wants to move it on the inside of us so that we begin to break down and we begin to be very confused and depressed and, and discouraged and all of these things that are spiritual attacks on the inside of us. Are you with me? Because he knows if he can create a storm around us, but we still live from a place of peace and of faith and we are unaffected in our walk and our relationship with God, then he is not succeeding in his ultimate agenda, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to create complete disruption and chaos and destruction in the things that God has planned for us in our lives. And he recognizes that the children of God can go through storms and trials that come, but still very much walk out the purposes of God in their lives and grow stronger and impact the world around them while they're going through that. So he's not satisfied with just a storm swirling around you. He wants the storm to move on the inside of you. Does that make sense? So much like the skunk and the smell that made its way on the inside of the car. If the storm can stay at bay and stay on the outside of us and we can remain in a place of peace on the inside, we could say, as the Bible says, that we are living from a place of peace. Amen? Amen. We don't want to let the storm get on the inside of us. The, the Bible says, listen to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the saints or in all the churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion. So we can say with great certainty, folks, that when a storm comes, if it begins to breach into the inside of us and create disruption and chaos and confusion where we don't know which way to go, we begin to doubt and question the promises and the things that the Bible says, like we, we know that we are children of God. We know that, uh, that we don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We know that we are blessed. 
rest. We know all of these things, but if, if, if he can get that on the, the storm on the inside of us, he can begin to create confusion, which makes us doubt and question or just not stand on the promises of the word of God that we're, would allow us to live from a place of faith and defeat the enemy and his efforts and attacks to come against us and disrupt things, right? So he's, God's not the author of confusion, but of peace, meaning he wants you to constantly be living from a place of peace and not in a state of confusion or doubt or discouragement or not seeing the very promises in the word that Jesus died for us to have and live from be active and flowing in our lives. God wants very much to see as we walk through the storm to see us getting stronger and to see his promises remaining active and flowing in our lives as we live from a place of faith. And as we are operating from a place of peace, then we are able to think clearly. We are able to walk clearly knowing that these promises are very much overriding our, our, our super majority, if you will, to whatever the attacks and the things that the enemy is bringing against us are. Does that make sense? Can anybody just say amen for a second? All right, let's get a little momentum going here. All right. So what is peace, right? What is peace? Well, I would say to you, when I think about the peace of God, when I read the Bible and I see the scriptures, I'd say it's definitely not just a mindset or an emotion. It's much more than that. It's very much more than that. In the Old Testament, we see that God has different names, redemptive names, right? There are seven redemptive names of Jehovah. One of those names is Jehovah Shalom. Now, the important thing to take from today is that Shalom means peace. And so when we say Jehovah, we say God, and we say Shalom, we say peace. And what we say and we recognize is that peace is one of the very character attributes of God. And how many people know that if God has a character attribute, peace, love, victory, that that is an attribute that is the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, that we are very much meant to, called to, created to actually live from a place of, because we share in that spiritual DNA, if you will, of God and the Holy Spirit as he lives on the inside of us. So peace, the peace of God, we, we, we must acknowledge, we must say it's more than a mindset, it's more than an emotion, it's actually a quality, an attribute of God himself that we are called to live and walk in and we live and walk in that as we're walking with God himself because his character attributes are becoming influential and becoming character attributes in our lives as we walk forward with him. Does that make sense? Am I going too deep for anybody today? Okay. If just listen to the podcast later and do replay, okay? But it, peace. Now listen to this. This is interesting because we see that Paul, in the book here of Philippians, whenever the, the scriptures that we opened up with, we say that we see he's saying the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the word peace means, guys, to join together in a whole properly, a wholeness, all essential points joined, parts and points joined together. So whenever we're living from a place of peace, the peace of God, we're actually bringing everything into alignment. 
We're bringing our emotions. We're bringing our mind. We're bringing our flesh. We're bringing all of those things into a place of wholeness, if you will, where we are living our lives consistently from a place of peace, and we are unaffected, undisturbed, if you will, in the fabric of who we are, in our identity in Christ, in our life's mission and purpose. We are living unaffected, undisrupted in those things because we're living from a place of wholeness, a place of peace, which God is calling us to live from. All right. Now, this is something that really came alive to me a number of years ago, this part where he says the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will do what? He says it will guard. It will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And this, this, this just blew up to me, and I hope it blows up for you today, because I realized as I read these scriptures, and I, the, the Lord just said clearly, he said, you, you have to see and you have to recognize that you cannot guard yourself, that the peace of God is actually serving as a guard at the gate, if you will. The Bible, the term that's used here for guard is a term just like a sentinel or a military person that's guarding a gate and is watching over the defenses of a city. So the peace of God, as we walk with him and the peace of God is manifesting in our lives, what's actually happening is that God is forming a defense. He's forming a guard around us that says to the enemy, no, you cannot breach these walls. No, the storm cannot get through the gates of this city. He is protecting the very heart, the very mind of the believer, of the person who's walking with God. His Holy Spirit is forming a defense and guarding us. We are not able to guard the gate ourselves. And, and sometimes people think that there's some sort of a place that they get to of willpower or self-discipline, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just really muster up the energy here to be, to be strong and to keep this storm out. And I'm just telling you, when it comes to the spiritual battles that we're facing, we need a supernatural, powerful, omnipotent guard at the gate. And there's only one person that qualifies for that role. Are you with me? I mean, listen to what the Bible, the psalmist says. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. In vain. Now, I don't know about you, but some things when you read them, they're just like, woo, man, I mean, they just set you free, you know? And it's like, holy cow, God's going to do this thing for me. Like, he's going to be my defense. All this junk that gets into my head sometimes, all these thoughts that I have that at the heart of it, I know they're not of God. I know that's not what God says about me and what I'm capable of in his strength. But I still have those thoughts, right? Why? I can't form some barrier on my mind and, and in my life to say, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I have to lean on him. I have to get the God who can guard the city and keep the enemy at bay and keep the storm on the outside to guard the gate for me so that I can live from a place of peace constantly on the inside. 
Amen. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And then he says here, he says, but, but by everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So we have to be, and these things kind of go hand in hand, really, to me. As we're living with God, walking with him, right, in a place of fellowship and in relationship, then, then we're also living for a life that is, that is a prayerful life. We're living life from a place of faith not from a place of reason or of our minds, right? And so he's saying, you, in everything that you do, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So as we're walking with God, we're living our lives in a way I would describe is prayerfully, prayerfully, right? And think about that for a second. What does that mean? That's a common word. You hear that? You can just pass right by it and not think too much about it. But prayerfully means that you're soaking, that you're just sort of uh, embedding everything that's happening that you're doing with prayer. You're prayerfully going about it. You're, you're involving the, the, the Lord and the Holy Spirit in the things that are going on, and you're sort of deferring, you're sort of submitting, you're sort, sort of humbling yourself and acknowledging, Lord, this is your fight, not mine. Lord, this is going to have to be in your strength, not in my own, right? And so as we live prayerfully, through everything that we're doing, and we're walking with the Holy Spirit in that relationship, then the peace of God is just staying consistent on the inside of us, and then we are steady at the helm, consistent, solid, through every storm that we're going to face as we move along. How many people know that when you see those winds come through over here, the trees with the strong roots are the ones that stay solid, right? The trees with weak roots, are the, they just blow right over. And so we need those deep roots established, and we get those deep roots established by walking with God, by living prayerfully, by reading his word, and having more and more of his character become part of our character, Right. And so as we go forward, those storms are going to come against us. And look, I'm just like you. I don't like the storms. I don't want them to come. But I've lived long enough. I've walked with God long enough to recognize that when they do come, it's not meant to unravel my faith. It's not meant to cause discouragement and despair and depression. And it absolutely, certainly, unequivocally does not negate any of the promises that God has already spoken to me in his word. And I need to be mindful and aware of that and hold fast to that in the times when the storms are coming because that's the very weapon that God has given me to be able to speak to those storms and make those storms sit still in my life. Amen. We can't allow that storm to get on the inside of us. And in this is, the, this is the, the other thing. He says, live prayerfully with the prayer and supplication with thanksgiving with thanksgiving just another little nugget packed right up in here right with thanksgiving now again don't know about you but I will just be transparent with you that a lot of times in my prayers I'll have to take a step back and say whoa I forgot the thanksgiving part in there 
God, I need this. Um, you know, I'm just kind of like more complaining to God about what's going on. I'm just kind of letting him know as if he doesn't know how much I'm really struggling here. But he's saying when you do pray, whatever your prayers, your petitions, your requests, your supplications that you're being made known to God, make sure you're doing that in a place of thanksgiving. Meaning when I'm praying and I'm struggling or I need God or I've just whatever I'm going through, it is helpful for my soul to take a step back and say, but God, I'm so thankful for who you are and for what I have. God, I'm thankful that I got six babies that are healthy and that are doing great and they don't have anything wrong with them. God, I'm thankful that I can breathe and that I've got breath in my lungs and that I can see. And I'm glad, thankful, God, that I have a place to live and that you have a purpose for me. And I'm thankful, God, that I have a wife who cares for me and loves me. I'm thankful that I have a family who supports me. I could go on and on and on. But as we bathe our prayers and we keep them soaked in that place of thanksgiving, I promise you, you gain strength from that. There's something about stepping back and making sure the thanksgiving is bathing my prayers that creates a shift in the way that I pray. It, it, it lifts my faith and my hope to a greater level of knowing that God is in control and that he's going to intervene and he's going to fight on my behalf. If there's any doubt before the doubt begins to get crushed and the faith begins to increase. When you pray, I'm telling you, pray from a place of thanksgiving and watch and see how your prayers don't shift and your atmosphere doesn't change. Amen. Hallelujah. God has created us to live from a place of peace. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, God, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you. If we are fixed on God, if we are focused on him, we are seeking him more than anything else. And this is kind of huge, right? But I'm seeking God, guys, more than I'm seeking relief from my storm. That's really what he's after, you understand? He's the object of our affection. That's the way we're created to live. As your mind is fixed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace as you walk. Meaning, as we're completely fixated on God and his goodness and his greatness and we see all of the wonders of his character, of his quality, it is impossible as we're fixated on him to, be, to, to have that place of peace that we're living from disrupted and affected on the inside of us. So what does that mean? When the storm can get in, what does that mean? It means we're taking our eyes off of him. It means we're putting our eyes more on the storm. It means we're putting our affections more on our problem or the solution that we're looking for. And we're not maintaining a fixed position of staying focused on him and recognizing that it's in him that all of the peace that we're looking for is being manifested up out of our lives and is, is forming a hedge of protection around us so the enemy can 
can come and he can bang and he can slash and he can hit and he can attack. But the walls are just standing firm and standing solid and standing strong because there's a God who's greater than him and who's greater than all, who's actually forming the fortress and the guard around our hearts and minds that the enemy is trying to breach. If you were in a place where there was, let's say you were in a battle and you had your camp and you knew the enemy was out there and he was wanting to attack, would you call the guards and say, hey, take a break tonight, take a rest, take it easy, just chill, we're gonna let you take the night off? No, because guess what? The enemy never sleeps and he is always looking for a way to get in. Even if it's a little opening or a crack in a door, he's going to see it and he's going to move. And we're going to need a guard ready at the gate who's sharp and steady and more powerful than what the enemy is bringing at all those times. You wouldn't call the guard and say, hey, take the night off and take a break. You ever see those movies where they're on the castle wall and there's the guy that's supposed to be the lookout and he falls asleep? What do you know? And you can predict is the next thing that's going to happen. He's going to get an arrow through his neck or a sword, right? I mean, they're going to come right over the walls and he's, oh, oh and then it's over, right? We, God, the enemy never sleeps, but guess what? God never sleeps either. And as we're staying locked in with him and that perfect peace that is God, not us, is living on the inside of us, it's manifesting itself out, then that guard, that fortress, that barrier is constantly being formed around us. And I just get a picture. It's almost like God is standing there and saying, you just better turn back now. You better take that storm and you better just march right back where you came from because these gates are sealed and everything in here is protected and it's protected by my blood and there ain't no way that you can get in and there ain't no way that you can disrupt what I've already claimed as my own. Amen. That's the kind of guard that I want at the gate. And then lastly, let me say this. What living from that place of peace does, I mean, yes, Hell still breaks loose, you know? It still comes against you, and it still gets tough. But that living from a place of peace creates a consistency in our lives. It creates a steadiness, if you will, where we're walking in a firm, fixed position, steady place all the time. I love, there's a movie that I love. I like war movies, and there's one that I really like. It's called We Were Soldiers, and Mel Gibson's in it. And there's this scene, and I don't know, it's just this scene has always reminded me of this, this kind of this scripture here, where Mel Gibson, the enemy is coming in. He's, he's starting to come in, and he just stands up in the middle of this firefight, and he just starts, like, looking around at what's going on, surveying the situation, and bullets are flying by him. And the guys around him are panicking, like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? And he's just focused, steady, and calm. And he's just looking at the situation because his steadiness and his calm demeanor in the midst of this hellfire is ultimately what allows him to be able to see the solution and to be able to call in the airstrike and to be able to deliver them from the enemy's attack. 
And I just I paint that picture for you just merely to say this, that as we live from a place of peace on the inside of us, that's, that's, that's just really where we are. It's well with our soul. There will be a steadiness and a calmness in our lives that's just the way Jesus demonstrated when he got up out of the boat in the middle of the storm and he wasn't even thrown off a bit. He just said, oh, let me just speak to this storm. He didn't say there's not a storm. There is a storm, right? But he spoke to the storm and he was sleeping. He was at peace. He wasn't disturbed. And I'm telling you guys, the enemy wants to throw us off our game. He wants to create all this stress and this anxiety and these panic attacks and all these things that are plaguing people in our society today. And they think they need all this medication to be able to find the solution. And I'm not saying medication's bad. Hear me out. I'm just saying that when we live from a place of peace, there's a steadiness and a calmness in our soul. That we are, that we draw from, that no storm can shake us off our game as we walk through it. And I want to live from that place. How about you? Right? I want to walk in that. I want to know that no matter what it is that I'm going through, hey, part of our purpose, part of our destiny sometimes is going to mean marching through valleys to get to where we're headed to go. There may just be enemies out there lurking, but God says, hey, where you're going, there's a plan and there's a purpose and I've got a perfect peace that is residing on the inside of you that you can walk and you can march and no matter what happens you're going to have the solution and everything that's needed at the time and you're going to be in complete peace as you do that amen stand to your feet with me today Man, if the enemy can penetrate our defenses and get in the inside with his storm and disrupt the relationship with God, if he can blur and fog the promises of God that we already rightfully have, you understand he knows we already have that victory. We're not looking to achieve a new... We already have this place of victory. Jesus has already done the work, right? He's already done the finishing work. But if the enemy can get in and penetrate our defenses and he can fog our minds and cloud the picture so that we begin to unravel on the inside and the storm just creates total chaos in our spirit, then it's, then it's just going to be like havoc in the rest of the areas of our lives. The enemy knows that. That's what he wants to do. But that's not the picture that God is giving us of the way that he's called us to be able to live. To the, the, the solution that he's provided for us to be able to walk through a life where storms rage and never be for one moment out of a place of perfect peace. Not by our might or by our strength, but by his spirit who lives in us while we go. So I ask you today, if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, panic attacks, if you can say, Pastor, this message is you're speaking right to me. I've been going through these things and, and, and I've got to admit that storm, it's, it's got in there and it's just caused all kinds of hell in my life. 
and that storm needs to move out. I want to pray for you today. I want you to understand that God can calm that storm, that God can begin to reveal more of his peace, of his nature to you, that he'll be able to draw you in so that you walk with him consistently and more and more of his attributes and his character are going to transform you to become more and more like him. If you want me to, if you need that prayer today, I just want you to receive this now in Jesus' name. And you just open your heart and you just invite him in and you just say, yes, Lord, I need this prayer. I want this prayer today. Father, now in Jesus' name, I just declare, God, I just speak in faith and I say that, Holy Spirit, you're coming in and you're calming storms in people's lives. You're bringing peace in areas where hell has had its way. We just declare hell Storm, you have to leave in Jesus' name. You have to move out of that child of God. You have to move out from that inner man of that person where the Holy Spirit is living. And we just say joy and peace begin to, re begin to reign inside this person's life, God. Begin to just bubble up inside of them and to bring clarity and bring focus, sharpness, and steadiness in an area where maybe there's been much panic, much stress and anxiety, much quivering and uncertainty about the very promises and the things that the children of God are, are meant to walk in. I just speak all of that right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just begin to wash over each and every person. Blanket them right now. Every person in here today, let there be a blanket of your peace, God, that just falls upon this place today. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Father, so much that you've created us for great purpose and destiny to be game changers in this world. And we acknowledge, God, that there's an enemy who hates us and he wants to wreak havoc in our lives. And we just ask you, Lord, continue to draw us close to you each and every day. Help us to continue to live from that place of perfect peace that surpasses understanding. We thank you, Father, for guarding our hearts and minds each and every day in this way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.